Today's video is all about the pros and cons of investing in residential properties versus commercial properties. So if you're looking to invest in property and you're not sure which area to go into, this is a perfect video to watch and help you on that decision making. So let's jump in. Hi, my name is James Corsier and welcome to the Money Paradox podcast. Yes, that's right, we're going through another really interesting video on property because property is amazing, right? And it's also an area where you can get some really strong returns and build a very strong financial future if you do it right. And right is the key word. And one of those areas you wanna be thinking about is what type of property to invest in. A lot of people tend to invest in residential early on in their property investment uh, career. But, uh, but a lot of people think, you know, shall I go into commercial? What is it? What's the differences? And this video is all about that. But before we go on, if you have liked this video or other videos that I've, uh, I've released, please do let, uh, like, like them and also share them with those that you know that you think would benefit from this content. If you've enjoyed the video, please do let me know in the comment section below. Give me some feedback. Uh, advice for future topics in future videos, more than happy to cover that up because I want to make sure the content I'm releasing is as relevant to those that are watching it. So, all right, let's get into the topic at hand. Well, first of all, let's get really clear on what the difference is between residential and commercial. Residential is simply a property that you live in. So the property that you're living in right now, that is usually a residential property and commercial property is something like it's being let out, say, to a shop for retail or a restaurant and so on. It's for a business, okay? Very big difference there. And the things you need to think about as part of each of those types of properties can be very different. Some similarities, but a lot of things are very different, all right? Well, the first one is let's talk about why people tend to invest in residential early on in their property investment career. Well, that is because it's a lot more relatable, right? So everybody has to live in a property, you, me, right? And so as a result of that, we know what's good, generally speaking, for a good property uh, from a residential point of view and what makes a property bad from a residential point of view, right? It's common sense because we've had to do it for many years in our own life, okay? Also, the economics around it, we can have a bit of a better understanding around that because we've seen our own life and you know the kinds of factors that make us want to live in certain types of properties in the country or certain uh, certain things about a property and, and how that might change over time, right? Depending on the needs and desires of people like us wanting to stay in property, okay? So it's a lot more relatable, can be a bit more simple, a bit under to understand the concepts around it. So when we're learning, researching in the area, when we read about it, it makes sense, right? Because it's something that we've done ourselves. Commercial, if we've not run a business before, say if we've not managed a restaurant or retail, and we're learning about all the different factors that we need to think about as part of investing in that area, that might be a bit harder to get our head around. But you might be listening to this video thinking, you know what? I already work in that space. I'm really hot on business and commercial and so on. I already manage a restaurant, for example. And so great, perfect. That's the kinds of things you wanna be thinking about that might steer you towards commercial property because you've got a stronger understanding of that 
compared to other people, all right? So that's the first key difference. The second one is around the lease terms. So if you think about it, for a residential property, usually people rent them out as AST, an assured short hold tenancy agreement. And usually that is six to 12 months, right? So when you get somebody in to stay in your property, you sign them up for, for example, 12 months, that's probably the most common. And at the end of the 12 months, you then say, okay, do you wanna keep renewing? Do you wanna keep rolling on? Maybe secure another 12 months? Well, they may wanna leave, right? Sometimes you can even have shorter, depends. With commercial, the lease length, so the length of the contract that you've for somebody to sign up and actually stay in that property tends to be a lot longer. And the reason is, is because that property that they're using for their business, usually they're gonna to have to customize it, they're gonna to have to fit it out, make it look good, make it look relevant to what their business is. And as a result of that, they want reliance that they can have that property for a nice long period of time to invest in the setup of it and know that they're not going to be kicked out or they're going to have their rents increased, right? So usually the, the people who are wanting to use commercial property want nice long leases. Also, the people renting out commercial properties, that's also can be a benefit because when we're predicting the kinds of returns we're getting from those types of properties, well, if we've got a nice long lease of five, maybe 10 years, well, then we know consistently we're going to get that return for a very long time. Now, there are risks around that. That person staying in that commercial property might go bankrupt, might not be able to pay. They might, uh, there might be difficulties. But these risks happen even with residential, right? But generally speaking, you get a reliability over a longer period of time with commercial. Now, having said that, if you think about the types of things that make a commercial property good or bad, it all comes down to like business and the economics around what kind of commercial property you have, right? So if you have, say, a commercial unit in the center of a particular town, you need to be thinking about what's the demand for that particular commercial unit? What types of businesses are going to want to rent it out? What kinds of returns can a business get if they were to set up shop in your commercial unit? Because that is going to determine how much you're going to be able to charge them. If people can make a lot of money using your commercial unit in that particular space um, by renting it out, then you are going to naturally probably be able to get a much higher rent from that because people are willing to do it to have a business there, right? Also, it depends on the competition of other commercial units nearby and so on. So really, you need to start to, you need to get your head around the economics, the commercials, the business side of all of the factors that are going to mean that you're gonna get a good return or a low return. And you can speak to professionals in this area, agents and so on, that will be able to give you an indication of it just like in residential, right? You you know, uh, if you're looking to buy a property, you can speak to various agents, letting agents, to understand what kind of rent you'd be able to expect. And also, what types of tenants would be able to want to stay in that property versus for a commercial unit, what kinds of businesses would want to stay in it. The next thing, and this is really big, is how a residential versus a commercial 
property is valued from the perspective of buying it or selling it, but also from the perspective of mortgages. So with a residential property, when you think about uh, the value of it, right, it all comes down to how much people are willing to spend to buy it, okay? And when you are looking to buy a residential property, you've basically got two types of people who want to buy it. People who want to buy to live in it, okay? And people who want to buy to invest, to get money from rent, okay? So if you buy a property for £100,000, for example, but you think in, say, a year's time, people are going to be willing to spend more to buy that property, to live in it, or because they think uh, you think they're going to willing to pay more uh, to let it out because, for example, they're going to get a higher rent from it, then you may well want to invest in that property because it's going to go up in value. And also, when you get a mortgage, the mortgage is based on the value of the property. Now, there are stress tests around rent and so on, but really, you know, if if the if a when you get a mortgage okay you're going to have to get a survey and that survey is going to value your property so if you go and you think yeah that property is worth a hundred thousand pounds and that's i'm more than happy to pay a hundred thousand pounds for that property based on the kind of rent that i think i'm going to get from it but if when you apply for a mortgage if you want to get a mortgage they will commission a survey and that surveyor will go out and value the property now, when they value that property, they think, actually, I'm looking at other properties that have sold nearby. And based on that, based on what people have bought in the area, I think this property is actually worth £80,000. People aren't going to pay more than £80,000 to buy this property. And it doesn't matter what you're paying for it. The mortgage is going to be based on that valuation. So if you're capped at, say, 75%, you're going to get 75% of the £80,000, so 60%, 60000 sorry. Um, is it? <laughs> I think so, yes, 60000 And even though you're going to be paying £100,000, you'd only get a mortgage of 60000 which would be 60% loan-to-value rather than a 75% loan-to-value, all right? So the perceived value from the market perspective, from a value, from a surveyor's point of view, is very important, especially when you're trying to get a mortgage on a residential property. When you look at commercial property, it's much more linked to the expected return of that commercial unit. Because if you think about it, for a commercial unit, it's specifically for businesses, right? It's specifically for renting out to a business. So, the value of the property will be very linked to the amount of money that you can charge a business to use that commercial unit right each month so it's a for that reason it, it can be not always but it can be a bit more reliable in terms of what that value is because if you've got similar commercial units nearby right and and we know the kind of rentals in that area then it's a very direct comparable, right? In terms of what the value for that commercial unit is. Or for example, what people have paid previously for renting space in that commercial building. Okay, now if it's a new build or a new commercial unit, right? There's no history, then that can be a bit more difficult, right? But the key thing here is the value of a commercial property is much more linked 
to the amount of return you expect to get from that commercial unit. So if you think that in the future, you're going to be able to charge people more rent for that commercial unit, then the value of that property should go up, okay? So for example, if you're buying a commercial unit near, for example, a new train station that's opening up, and as a result of that, there's gonna be a lot more traffic around that high street, a lot more people are gonna walk through it, and so therefore, uh, bigger businesses, businesses that tend to bring in higher profits or, or the same business should expect a higher profit because of more people walking past it, right? Therefore, that will mean that you can charge them a higher rent and they will still want to use your property to operate the business from it, right? And that will push up the value of that property, okay? So that is the big difference on valuation and mortgages, okay? So if you get a mortgage, on a commercial unit. Again, it will be based on the expected income from it, right? Rather than the, the value of the property itself. Okay. The next one is around how you manage a property. So if you've got a residential property, then whilst you obviously want to manage it well and make sure the people that are staying there are getting a good experience, you can, for example, manage it yourself. You can be fairly, uh, um, as long as you're meeting certain requirements, you can be fairly relaxed in how you manage it. You can speak to the tenants directly if you want, right? It's, it's a fairly simple process, or it can be, depending on the tenants. But with commercial units, it tends to be a lot more professional, right? Because you're dealing with businesses. There'll be certain expectations. That business needs to survive and certain things as part of that business need to be in place, right? So there'll be certain expectations as part of uh, renting that, um, that commercial unit and you need to make sure as part of managing it that you're upholding all of your requirements as part of that contract, right? So what tends to happen with commercial units is you will get a professional management company to manage it almost always because of the requirements around that. All right, now often people talk about voids and um, you know, interest, interest rate increases and the concerns of risks around that. Both types of properties uh, have risks around those two areas, okay? You can get voids in each. Now you could say for residential, maybe there's a higher risk because you've got a bigger turnover. You know, if people are staying in there for maybe a year at a time, there's gonna be more spaces in between tenants right and that could then cause more vacant periods right and, and mean there's a higher cost from a residential point of view but commercial units for example if you get it wrong even though you can get these nice long leases if a business wants to move out of there at the end of their contract but for whatever reason because the market has changed and actually businesses don't want to 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 work out of the area where your commercial unit is then you might have a very long period of time where no business wants to move in, right? It can be a bit more fickle in the in the commercial business world. Whereas typically, you know, it's a little bit harder to get an area from a property point of view to not get somebody else in to, to live there, okay? But again, it's all about the subtleties around the economics of where you're buying and the reasons why somebody might want to rent that property.
Next thing is around variety. So if you think about residential, yes, there's variety in residential. You, know, you can different types of people, students, young professionals, retired people, families, and so on. But it, it, it's quite a simple model. But with commercial, it can be a lot more complicated. If you think about all the different types of businesses, it's very broad. And think about all the different areas where businesses operate. They can be very different. So for example, central London, uh, properties, uh, commercial businesses operating out of central London would be very different to the outskirts of London, to businesses around certain train stations, to businesses in smaller towns, to maybe businesses uh, in certain towns that specialise in certain areas, like in manufacturing or warehouses, very, very different. And the commercial units that house these types of businesses will have their own nuances around what's important to them, what they like, and changes in what is going on in these particular industries and sectors can impact your particular commercial unit if where it is based relies on a particular type of industry. Okay, so again, you need to be bearing that kinds of stuff in mind, right? So if you, if you have a commercial unit in a part of the country where because of the road network, it's all about um, transport, for example, then that is a very specific sector. Whereas if you own a property, a commercial property in the center of the city center, where there's lots of different types of retail and restaurants and so on that are gonna wanna operate out of there, again, it can be a bit more broad and a bit safer, for example, to rent those types or to buy those properties and rent those out. All right. Last thing I want to cover off in terms of considerations and pros and cons from each side of these two areas is legislation. Okay, so the legislation that governments set as part of operating in these two areas are very different. There are similarities, but they are different. And so if you're looking to go into each of these areas, you need to understand the kinds of legislation that you need to follow, right? So if you think about it, the kinds of things you need to do when somebody is living in a property will be different to if somebody's operating their business out of it. There'll be certain minimum requirements, but nuances about each, okay? So again, if you decide to go into each of those areas, research what are those uh, requirements, those regulation requirements that you need to follow, all right? Now, last thing I wanna cover off is about how, how you invest in these areas. Now, for residential, generally speaking, people go out and they just buy a residential property. They buy it, they rent it out, they make the money from the difference between the money they make from rent, minus the costs around, say, mortgage costs, uh, managing of the property, repairs and refurbishments and so on, right? And that the net of that is their positive cash flow. The other area is obviously in the increase in the value of the property, right? But that is a little harder to predict, but certainly if you get it right, it can be a big way to make money from it. With commercial, yes, you can go and do that. You can go buy a particular commercial unit and then you can then rent that commercial unit out to a business. And then you can then have a company manage it. But that's not the only way you can do it. There's two other ways you can do this. Second way is you can invest in a company that invests in properties. They could invest in residential properties or they could invest in commercial properties, right? 
So for example, you can invest in a fund. So this fund, imagine this fund has say 100 properties, 100 commercial units all over the country. So instead of you having to go out, pick a commercial unit, work out whether it's a good investment, whether uh, you, you know, you've got enough money to be able to buy it, you're then gonna be committed to that one specific property, you then got to take the risks on if something big happens, say a fire happens to the property or, or whatever, right? It, it can be a lot of work for just one particular property, a lot of money involved, right? A lot of, and a big amount of money. So if you don't have all of the money involved, then that can be very difficult. This second option can be quite powerful because if you've got a fund, say with 100 commercial units, then what you can do is you can give some of your money to that fund, say you can invest 10,000 pounds, and you can give that 10,000 pounds to that fund, and then that fund can then use that money to go out and buy additional commercial units. And so what happens is over time, you'll get the fund gets money from many different people, pulls it together, and then invests in these particular commercial units. And then you can have one, maybe a few people that specialize in this to find very good commercial properties to invest or residential properties, right? But the key thing here is you've got liquidity in terms of how much money you invest in. There's different types of funds where you could potentially pull your money out at, at different times without having to sell a particular property. And also you don't have to do the work around looking for a particular property itself. So it can be very powerful. Trouble with that though, is that you don't have control, right? You're not deciding which properties to invest in or how much to invest in a particular property and how it's being managed and so on, right? So you've got to trust that the people that are doing it are doing a good job. And also those people managing it will take a cut. They will obviously charge for that work. And so part of the return on these properties they will take and only a portion of it will go back to you, okay? So bear that in mind, it can be very powerful in terms of a step back approach, but may not get the same kind of returns if you invest in it yourself. The last way is almost another step removed. So instead of investing in a fund that then buys properties, you can invest in a, a fund or a company that invests in other companies that specializes in the area of property. Those other companies might invest in properties themselves or they might invest in the area of property, right? So for example, uh, advising companies on, on doing better in, those, in their returns on commercial units or residential units could just be linked related sectors to property in that, you know, in the hope that if properties in general do well, then the companies that support that sector will do well and therefore you will do well because you're invested in those companies, okay? So you don't necessarily need to invest in properties yourself or indirectly, you can just invest in the sector itself, right? So for example, if you think over the next five years, commercial properties are gonna do really, really well because of the economics that are going on, but you don't wanna spend all the time investing in them yourself and working out which one to buy, you just know the sector's going to do well. You can just invest in the sector, okay? And so that is an approach if you wanna go down that kind of route. All right, so 
in conclusion, we talked about all the different factors or certainly the key ones in investing in residential versus commercial. And then also we've talked about how you can invest in this sector, either directly yourself or indirectly through funds or companies that invest in this sector on your behalf. Now, I hope you've enjoyed this video. If you did, please do like and let me know in the comments section below. If you think there's somebody uh, in your life that would benefit from this video, please do share it. And that would be the best way you can give back. I hope you enjoy this video. I'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.